Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host. They are the ones in the captain's chair. They are at the wheel. Therefore, they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hardline. This is episode 432. We are going to be doing a reading out of Isaiah chapter 63, plus a little commentary, and then we will close out the show after the prayer, and then we will continue on to the other side for the next episode where we uh, talk about one year ago today. It's been one year since the inception of this podcast. So I tell you, it's been quite the journey in this last year um, and got a lot to share and cannot wait to get into that conversation. And so, but uh, before we do, um, like I said, we're going to be reading out of Isaiah 63. Um, It is Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. And so happy Thursday to everybody. Um, So we're going to get right into the reading. And today I'm reading out of the New American Bible, Revised Edition. Like I said, I usually bounce back and forth between the NASB and the New American Bible Revised Edition. And like I said, I always like to do a reminder every so often, just as a kind of a disclaimer for those of you out there who like to, you know, sometimes send mail and be like, well, you know, your interpretation of this, Jason, was very incorrect or not the way I see it. I just want to put this out there. Remember, I am not a biblical scholar. I am not a priest. I am not a pastor, a deacon. I'm none of that. I am just a man who reads his Bible, tries to make heads or tails of it, try to get the word of God marinating inside my soul. Whether if I understand it or not, it's a whole different ballgame. But I'm like you. I am trying to learn as I go. But what what I am doing is at least putting out the word of God out there in the ether. All right. I know there's many that like me that do it. The more voices that we can put this stuff out in the internet, I think the better over, you know, better off we'll be. We can hopefully maybe take over AI. So let's get into the reading. So <clears throat> we got uh, two parts to this reading. Let me see. I think two parts. Yeah, two parts. So we have what's called uh, in verses one through six. This is the divine warrior. And then seven through 19 is a prayer for the return of God's favor. So it reads, starting with verse 1, Who is this that comes uh, from Edom in crimson garments from Basra? Who is this glorious in his apparel, striding in the greatness of his strength? It is I who announce vindication mighty to save. Why is your apparel red? And your garments like one who treads the winepress. The winepress I have trodden alone, And from the peoples, no one was with me. I trod them in my anger and trampled them down in my wrath. Their blood spurted on my garments, all my apparel I stained. For a day of vindication was in my heart. My heart for redeeming had come. I looked about, but there was no one to help. I was appalled that there was no one to lend support. So my own arm brought me victory and my own wrath lent me support. I trampled down the peoples in my anger. I made them drunk in my wrath, and I poured out their blood upon the ground. All right, starting with verse 7. Now, this is the prayer for the return of God's favor, starting with verse 7. The loving deeds of the Lord I will recall, the glorious acts of the Lord, because of all the Lord has done for us, the immense goodness to the house of Israel which he has granted according to his mercy and his many loving deeds. He said, They are indeed my people, children who are not disloyal. 
so he became their savior in their every affliction. It was not an envoy or a messenger, but his presence that saved them. Because of his love and pity, the Lord redeemed them, lifting them up and carrying them all the days of old. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit, so he turned to become their enemy and warred against them. Then they remembered the days of old of Moses, his servant, where he is the one who brought up out of the sea, the shepherd of his flock. Where is the one who placed in the midst his Holy Spirit, who guided Moses by the hand with his glorious arm? Where is the one who divided the waters before them, winning for himself an everlasting renown, who guided them through the depths like horses in open country, a cattle going down into the valley? They did not stumble. The Spirit of the Lord guided them. Thus you led your people to make yourself a glorious name. Look down from heaven and regard us from your holy and glorious palace. Where is your zealous care and your might, your surge of pity? Your mercy hold not back, for you are our father. Where were Abraham, Abraham not to know us, nor Israel to acknowledge us, you, Lord, are our father, our redeemer. You are named from of old. Why do you make us wander, Lord, from your ways and harden our hearts so that we do not fear you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your heritage. Why have the wicked invaded your holy place? Why have our enemies trampled your sanctuary? Too long have we been like those you do not rule, on whom your name is not invoked. Oh, that you would rend the heaven rend the heavens and come down with the mountains quaking before you. And that is the reading of Isaiah 63 verses 1 through 19. So again, um, as you should already know, I typically start the podcast on Thursdays about a half hour or so earlier because I got a state call that starts at 730. So usually it'll start about a half hour earlier. And then of course we got the national call. Um, but yeah, so kind of a busy Thursday, but let's look at a couple footnotes here. Actually, no, let's do this. We're going to get right into the commentary. So judgment leading to praise. So in Isaiah 63, when Isaiah hears the news that God will devastate nations, he praises God for his loving kindness. Someone might kind of sit back and think, well, that's kind of odd. Why would he why would he praise that? You know, what? like why it seems odd to call someone loving who is destroying, right? But vengeance and kindness do not go in hand in hand. So like one would probably ask, why is Isaiah praising God on this? Now we got to remember God is righteous. So when he is angry, he has a just cause to be so. And when he destroys, it is because the people, have chosen wickedness over righteousness. And we can't tell when someone has completely forsaken righteousness, but God sure does. We don't know when a person is only living to perpetual, you know, to perpetuate evil. Pursuing the causes of hatred and destruction. We don't know that. But God looks down and sees the hearts of men and knows exactly when he needs to cut off someone before that individual does any more damage to the world. 
It is actually because he loves mankind that he destroys some of us out of necessity. I mean, if you take a look around, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> we have been seeing a lot of actors and actresses and people with high, uh, and I use this term loosely, but, and I say this with quotes, status, who have been dying and passing away from cardiac arrest, heart attack. You, it makes you wonder, is this God's way of taking out the unrighteous, the evil that has been plaguing mankind, the tyrants. I mean, if you look around in our corporate government, you look around in the media, and I know it's kind of hard because there is so much noise going on, and I really try not to cover the noise because the noise is just what it is. It's noise. But it does make you wonder, what is going on? See, we see chaos happening, but yet, it's in their world, at least perceivably from our perspective. And so you got to wonder, is it actually because God is, you know, on our side that we are seeing this crazy chaos on their side? Consider this for a minute. Now, what would happen if God left evil unchecked? If people could go do as they please with no consequences, like what? What would that look like? Now, if you watch an undisciplined child, you should pretty much already know the answer to that. They will run amok, causing more damage to people and objects and your home, rather than if they were good. They'd be seeking to satisfy the self, right? The me. They don't consider the feelings or the needs of others. So, like, that's what it would look like in a world if God left evil unchecked. Basically, just take a, 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 a ton of toddlers doing whatever the heck they wanted around the world. But see, fortunately, God has mercy on humanity by sending judgments, and they prevent evil from spreading uncontrollably. Now, consider if God had allowed Adolf Hitler to win World War II for a moment. He has to make sure that tyrants fall or life would be unbearable to the poor, disabled, and righteous. And of course, every bad thing that happens to a man or a woman is of, you know, is not necessarily a judgment from God, but you know, Jesus actually criticizes those who accredit natural disasters and accidents as judgments on the wicked. You know, we're not to like, who are we to conclude that that's what it is? Like, we're, we're not to conclude what is or is not the judgment of God. Now, that's not to say that God can't take the evil that's being done by others and use it for his good, but it doesn't mean it's his judgment. He certainly can use evil and the acts of evil and somehow in his divine righteous way turn it around and use it for good. And so when bad things happen to nations or men and women, even children, it is imperative that we are to turn to God and give him praise for his kindness towards man. 
Every single act that he does is intended for the good of his people, even when it seems harsh, brutal, or just plain out confusing. The point is to praise God when you see him move and acknowledge that he has dealt great mercy and loving kindness towards man by allowing us to continue thus far. Now, for the sake of time, well, no, actually, got plenty of time here. Well, no, for the sake of time, we're going to kind of cut out the verse-by-verse commentary just because, like I said, the I have a state call at 7.30 and I kind of want to do the other show here as well. But, <clears throat> you know, when you look around, like I said, there's a lot going on and it seems to be very chaotic, but when you look and analyze your own life, and really pay attention to what's going on in your own bubble, right? In your own ecosphere, your own area, right? Your own bubble. Really, there's not a lot that's touching us. I mean, here's the thing. If you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, and the ability to recognize that, you know, you know what is good and what isn't good for you. Like, for example, and, and I refuse to really talk much anymore about the, you know, constant noise out of the media and Gateway Pundit and stuff like that. But, like, there there's some article I think I saw that said, you know, the FDA is telling the White House, basically, that anybody that's getting the flu shot and the COVID shot in, in combination is going to increase the risk for strokes or heart attacks or cardiac arrest or whatever it was they said in that article. Well, no kidding. No kidding. A lot of people saw to begin with what this shot really was, and they knew it wasn't good. But yet there was still a big group and big rush of people that ran out and got it. Sadly, hopefully, people that got it in your own family, hopefully they received the saline but unfortunately, there's going to be a group of people, and I'm sure some of them are in my family, that probably got the real deal. Hopefully not. I pray they did not. But there's a possibility they could, you know, suffer a, a, a negative consequence of that. Now, that's not saying that's God's judgment on them. No, no, no. So just make sure I'm not being mistaken for that, you know, part of the message here. I guess what I'm saying is that for those who knew better, who put their trust 100% in God and Jesus Christ, you steered clear of it. And so while every, while everywhere else that we're witnessing chaos and turmoil for others, I mean, yeah, sure, we're dealing with inflation and higher utility bills. Sure, okay, we're dealing with a little bit of higher cost, but at the end of the day, it's just money. In fact, it's just, it's honestly, let's, let's call it for what it is. It's just debt paying off other debt. We're using a debt instrument to, we're basically trading debt for debt. I mean, if you want to break it down and look at it for what it is, because the dollar is a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a note. It's a, it's an IOU. It's not real currency. Yeah, but Jason, I put in a ton of hours to get that money. Well, yes, yeah, so do I. It still doesn't change the fact that it's a debt instrument being used to trade for other debt. Thus goes about the vicious cycle of interest that the money, you know, the bankers make off of us. That's a whole different story for a different topic and a different show. 
bottom line is, yes, we're dealing with inflation. Whoop-de-doo. But if you actually think about it, we're being awakened to home remedies. We're being awakened to a lot of the stuff that they've been putting in our food. So we're turning to other alternative sources, locally homegrown things, food. We're turning to local farmers. We're sourcing our food, most of us, more locally and not so much on a commercial basis. I don't know about you, but I see that as a major blessing for a couple of reasons. One, you're getting cleaner food. Two, you're supporting your local economy. So what seems to be chaos, according to the news cycle, ends up being an awakening educational process for us and turns out to be a better prosperous future for us. That's why I say at the beginning of the show, Jesus Christ is the captain of the ship and he's steering us through these waters, these crazy chaotic waters that we call life. Trust in him and he will steer us through these waters and get us to safe harbor when the storm is over. We need to remember that we will be just fine. Those who turn to God and Jesus Christ and lean in on him, we will be just okay. We will be more than okay. We will be triumphant at the end of all of this. But pay attention to the people around you who aren't rooted in Christ. First off, try to be a light in their life. There's going to be a lot of people that need light in their life. They're going to need calm. We are the ones that are going to be needing to provide that on behalf of God. Now, real quick, before I cut this short and go to prayer, I wanted to play this. This is by, uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. This is by uh, this video I found. It was uh, by Brian Welch of Corn. If you never heard of Corn, it's a, a rock band, a heavy metal type of rock band that was very popular when I was in high school. And hearing his little short little testimony, again, it's only like 30 seconds long, but very powerful. Listen to this. This is so powerful. And if you've heard his music and then to hear him speak like this, just makes you go like, wow, God really works in everyone. Listen. I will never say in this realm the thing some of the things that i did you know that i needed to be forgiven for because they're just too dark and he forgave me of all that stuff i mean to to realize the uh the magnitude of the freedom to be forgiven of such dark things you know for those who've been forgiven much love much that's what jesus said and so that's that's what happened you know I will never. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. Rita right here on the chat page here was saying that she had met him right after he was saved. She said she, uh, she met Brian and he is definitely being used by God in a big way. And she also said, maybe, uh, some of, some of you should follow him on Instagram. So if you can find Brian Welch from the band corn, give him a follow on Instagram. Excellent, excellent, excellent. One other thing I want to play before we cut this out and go to prayer. I saw this video and I had to play it. I was like, oh man, this is cool. So another rapper, Christian rapper. Now, um, I've been hearing some things about 
specific Christian rappers. I don't want to mention names yet until I do a little bit more research, but some other Christian rappers that are very popular, um, just doing things that are kind of questionable. We'll just say that. So, but this one, I heard this, I was like, wow, this is a pretty good song. Listen to this song. Now I've listened to a lot of hip hop in my life and played a lot of it in the clubs. When I first heard this, I was like, man, this is a freaking bumping beat. And then I had to really listen to the lyrics. I'm like, okay, now what do the lyrics sound like? And it's all about God and Christ and, you know, his savior. I was like, wow, listen to this. This this goes hard for a Christian beat. This goes hard. This is good. Oh, if I can just operate my phone properly, I swear I'm having senior moments already, guys. Here it is. Last time that I checked. Still reigns if I die for the gospel. I'm a still gang. Last time that I checked, I could call them direct. We are not a gang, but don't mess with my set. Last time that I checked, let me dissect. Christ cut the noose, Satan had on my neck. Last time that I checked, told the devil, get the check. I'ma need payback for everything he wrecked. Last time that I checked, Christ never took a L. Eternity is long, boy, you better book it well. Last time that I checked, KMF still winning souls. Passing out the bread of life, hit us for the dinner rolls. Every time I check, we win in the battle. I got my kids in the battle. Yeah, I gotta say, this is a this is a pretty good jam. That's what they say. Gucci on the wrist, so how did I guess? I checked, and they talking about the same old thing. Tell my God, snatch you up like it ain't no thing. I checked, and you should fear God. Surround yourself with homies that'll help you hear God. Last time that I checked, I don't do it for a check. Yeah, boys. God, I don't need your respect. Last time that I checked. Yeah, there I am. I'm getting back in my DJ, DJ world. I don't know. I might have to do some, like, Christian DJing up in here, man. <laughs> Seriously, that, that, was, that was good. That was good. Um, I really enjoyed that that song. That was uh, uh, I, I think it's called "Mobbing for Christ." Man, that was that was good. That was good. So, but anyways, all right, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's close this out in a prayer, and we'll get to the next uh, next uh, show here. All right, dear Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you for this time together. I want to say really appreciate for. All those out there that you are working divinely within, like Brian Welch and others, you're taking many people who are traveling down a dark path and you show them the light and you're leading them to get saved. And that is a beautiful thing. So grateful for that, Father. And I thank you for doing the same thing in my life. And yet I know I still have a lot of work that needs to be done. I know you have your work cut out. Believe me, I know you have your work cut out for me, among others, I'm sure. But thank you. And thank you for giving me this responsibility to be behind this mic on your behalf here at His Hard Line, putting your good news out there. Father, just keep guiding us and let us be the light of the world on your behalf. And we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. So wherever you are at, I hope you have a good night, and we will be right back in about two minutes. We'll see you on the other side. God bless, ladies and gentlemen.